Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today. Coming up on NBA Today, Draymond Green had some interesting comments about the addition of longtime rival Chris Paul. We discuss what it's like working with people that you don't like. Yes, I'm talking to Perk. Plus, who is the toughest player to card in the NBA? Bruce Brown had some thoughts on this debate. We dive into that conversation. And we have the latest coming out of Philly and what their plan should be with Harden and Embiid. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. Malika's off, so I have the chair okay. today. And I'm joined by Ramona Shelburne, Chenea Gumake, and Kendrick Perkins. Look. We're going to jump right into this. Draymond Green stirred up some things on Patrick <laughs> Beverly's podcast. Everybody he, does everybody's podcast, Everybody right? does everybody's <laughs> podcast. He spoke about a number of topics, but we're going to look at what he said about Chris Paul. And quote, I've publicly said that I didn't like Chris before. And I'm not just going to be like, oh, man, that changed now that he's my teammate. No, I'm looking forward to talking amongst men. Look, there's a lot of history between the Warriors and Chris Paul over the years. But, Ramona, I want to ask you first. How bumpy do you think this ride could could get? You know what? I like that Draymond was real about it. I like that he didn't just say, like, oh, nicey-nicey, abracadabra, we're friends because we're teammates. He was real. Like, they had real beef, and they've had a lot of wars in the playoffs and in the regular season over the years. But I think Draymond is man enough to know, like, Chris Paul's a great basketball player. And Chris is the same way with Draymond. What I, what I think Draymond was doing was setting the parameters of their relationship, okay? And I remember when Kobe Bryant was in Los Angeles, Dwight Howard joined the team, and right out of the gates, you know, Kobe we basically just let him know, like, this is my team and I'm not going to be handing any torch to you unless you are ready to take it. And so, Draymond, is, you know, Chris Paul's joining the Warriors. This is a team that has four rings. Those guys have four rings. So, Chris is joining a team and this is their team. And that's setting the parameters of the relationship before he even gets there. I think, you know, Chris obviously knows where he stands, but I think they're actually going to end up liking each other. I think those two are feisty guys that will end up seeing eye to eye. Well, and look, for some of those rings uh, involved going through Chris yeah. Paul. So, uh, Chanae, my question is, are you optimistic that these guys can kind of figure it out, keep it together, keep it close? I'm absolutely optimistic that these guys can figure it out because when he says talking amongst men, I mean, Draymond is, what, 33 years old? Yep. Chris Paul is 38 years old. They're not here for all that, like, oh, that's cute, let's be friends. They're here to win and so yes there's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a power struggle and it's funny because we're talking about liking players or not with the centerpiece being Draymond there are a lot of people in the league that don't like Draymond yes. because of how well he instigates things out of you that works to the Warriors benefit the same applies to Chris Paul yeah. there are a lot of yes. people 
That yes. look at Chris Paul. I'm like, man, I'd rather have him as a teammate than an opponent because he's one of those guys you'd rather play with than play against. And so they're cut from the same cloth. I think that they'll work it out. The more, the bigger question is, how will they balance the rotations and the chemistry That's with right. Chris Paul? Does he insert into the starting lineup? Does he come off the bench? How do you maneuver that? Because that was an issue for the Warriors. They had so many starting lineups last year by necessity. How does him playing with Steph and Clay and Draymond and, and company really factor into that equation? Okay, so I'm going to go to Perk because we know there is no short of players that don't like Perk <laughs> when he played now. So, Perk, I want to know this. Have you seen an example of two guys that didn't get along, but then they get in the same locker room and they become best of friends? Yeah, the perfect example was myself and KG, right? When KG was in Minnesota, they had to break us up from far as meeting in the back by the locker rooms. Like, we couldn't stand each other to the point where when KG was traded to Boston, he was like, hey, per hey Paul, what's up with Perk, man? Like, before we even, you know what I'm saying, you know, get into practice, I need to know what's up with dude because, you know what I'm saying, I don't know what his mindset on. And we went to London. And the whole ride there, KG and I never said a word to each other. <laughs> it's when we got on the court and training camp, you know what I'm saying, we got between those lines. At practice, we started going at it. And ever since then, look, basketball heals all wounds. That is your sanctuary. Once they get in the lines and get, and get to competing and all of a sudden they get to communicating on pick and rolls and defense and screens and things of that nature, all that other stuff go out the window. We're talking about grown men. This is not nothing new. I was in the locker room and with the Celtics where they had Shaq, Jermaine O'Neal, Paul Pierce, KG, uh, uh, Ray Allen, Rondo. You don't think it was so many different personalities and guys walking in with different mood swings or didn't fool with each other? Like, this is normal. Yeah, no, no, I, I think the drama is completely normal. So, people, it's professionalism. If you can, I didn't like you. I, I still don't like you, and I that's what's like amazing. You. But we show up every single day, and we act somewhat professional. At least I do. Uh, but, I don't know. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little different. Perk. Perk is I a mean, professional. Perk yeah, was every supposed day. to be here today. Anyways, I don't even want to talk about that. Chanae, <laughs> I want to talk about what is the best five-man lineup that the Warriors can roll out? Because we can say hypothetically, but ultimately, we don't fully know. What do you think the best five-man lineup is? So I crunched the numbers with our producer, Jose, and the lineup of Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney, I wouldn't mess with that, even though Chris Paul is there. Because, one, he missed, what, 23 games this, season, this past season. And so maybe you have this conservative mindset that we're going to use you more and up your usage as you get older, obviously, but more so towards the back half of the season. And come give us a boost off the bench. Why do I say don't mess with that lineup I listed? That lineup shot 54% from the floor. 47% from three and assisted on 78% of its field goals, which were all the highest, you know, in five-man categories throughout the NBA. So, yeah, when they play, and those are the numbers right there, when they play this lineup, the Warriors, they're playing championship-level basketball. Now, the question is depth, but how do you get better depth? By incorporating Chris Paul, potentially, making sure he runs that second unit the same way Draymond sort of commanded mm -hmm. that second unit through assisting. Now you have another point guard option, and you don't have to really, like, use, you know, run the brakes off of Chris Paul. You can use him strategically. Yeah, go ahead. You know, Joe Lacob is the team owner, and the other day he did an interview with the San Jose Mercury News where he essentially said, like, we're really happy to have Chris Paul. He's a great player. He's going to be great coming off that, you know, leading the second unit for us. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The, the first unit depends. I'm not the coach. Oh, you made the mistake. And he literally said 
that out loud. And everybody went, wait, did he mean to say it? <laughs> the quiet thing out the loud. The quiet right? thing out loud. And look, that is how they see him. They see him as the second unit captain there. But this is going to be something that's going to be decided in training camp. Chris is going to have to be okay with that. They're going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to see how it looks during training camp and in the preseason. I'm not sure that that's how they start the season because Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer. He is one of the greatest point guards to ever play this game. It's hard to just ask him to come off the bench and be in that Jordan Poole role. They'll come to a decision. I mean, like, Draymond came off the bench when he when he did that in the playoffs, but it's hard to ask Chris Paul to do that coming right out of the gates. It's gonna have to, I think it's going to have to feel like more of his decision rather than something they put on him. Big Perk, you no, no. I want to ask you this really quickly, Perk. Ultimately, you know that they asked Draymond, they asked the Warriors, "Do you want? Do you want Chris Paul? We can make a trade for Chris Paul." So before anybody even starts this, will they get along? These guys approved this trade to grip to bring Chris Paul in. What do you think is going to be the lineup? Not necessarily. I don't want to talk about the end of game because I think Chris Paul will be involved in that. But what do you think that they start with? Well, they have to start with Clay. With what Shanae said, I'm going with Clay, Steph, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and Kevon Looney. And I think the world needs to stop disrespecting Kevon Looney. Um, when you talk about one of those pieces that really don't get the recognition that he deserves, he is so valuable to what they do on both ends of the floor. He was a monster all throughout the postseason on the glass. He gave everybody fits. And when I look around the league, especially in the Western Conference, I'm looking at Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm looking at Steven Adams. I'm looking at uh, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And you're looking at Anthony Davis and, you know, the size that all these teams have. Even Jokic, when you look at the Denver Nuggets, you need Kevon Looney in that lineup night in and night out. And yeah. so, again, it's not about who start the game. It's about who finish the game. So if Chris Paul is in there in the crunch time, then he's in there. But I think I honestly believe this. Chris Paul should walk in the training camp and really tell Steve Kerr, hey, I'm here to do what's ever best for the team, and I'm willing to come off the bench. It's time. Well, this is the thing. Hall of Famers are typically the last ones to know when it's time. I go back to Carmelo Anthony. I go back to Russell Westbrook. When they started getting to that spot at their career where they were saying, hey, it might be time to come off the bench. This might be best what's for the team. It was a little bit of a rocky start, so I'm very, very curious to see how Chris Paul is going to handle this one. But still to come on NBA Today, we check in on the state of the Sixers. Ramona, you got a lot to tell us He's because we're hearing a lot coming out of Philly. Plus, Bruce Brown said Ant Edwards and SGA were the toughest players to guard in the NBA. Was he right? We're going to discuss that next. And Perk, get your wallet out. It's time to make some money on some win totals for next season. We head out east next on NBA Today. Do not go anywhere. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Look, I'm holding it down with Cheney and Big Perk. And it's summertime, which means everyone is jumping on everyone's podcast <laughs> to fire off some unfiltered takes. One that jumped out was NBA champion. Congratulations, Bruce Brown. When he jumped on Theo Pinson's on uh, Run Your Race pod. Take a listen. That's supposed to be a sweep. We're supposed to have like three sweeps. Yeah. The, Minnesota knew that couldn't beat y'all, though. And was going OD, though. Ant was is losing his next up. No, Ant is a problem. Ant is OD. Oh, my gosh. Dude is I would say this year the toughest players to guard was Ant and Shea. All right, SGA. And look, I understand why he said that. Look, most points per 100 possessions versus Bruce Brown. Look, you got SGA at 69%. Dame Lillard, that's Dame Lillard. So, you know, and then Ant Edwards. So, my question to Big Perk. Are you surprised that these two guys showed up number one on his list, Big Perk? I am surprised. I mean, people talk about Steph Curry and how hard he is to guard, and we we know how he almost, you know, sat daily to the to the hospital. But when I look around the league, I'm not. I mean, SGA averaged 30, but you got so many guys, and it just goes to show you how great the league is because. I mean, Anthony Edwards is box office, but I thought, you know, when I think of names that's out there like Jason Tatum, Luka, you know, I was surprised that Bruce Brown did mention those two, to be honest with you. I wasn't surprised, Perk, because I think we already know how tough all those guys are to guard, and I think Bruce was speaking about guys you may not understand the levels to which they attack the game because look at the commonalities between SGA and Ant. Ant is more physical. He's got a bigger body and a bigger presence than most expect. SGA, he's really good off the dribble attacking. Like, you want to keep him from driving, but he still gets to the paint. Both guys with career highs, like you mentioned, 30 points per game SGA and also shot, what, 51% from the field? I think he's the only guy in the NBA 2,000 2000 points in the season and also 100 steals. And then Ant, I mean, he had career highs across the board, even though his season was full of ebbs and flows. So I like this conversation. I love hearing these things because we already know who the people are out there that everyone knows are unguardable. These are some underrated, fly under, under the radar type of who got next. And I like people certifying each other's games like this. Look, I'm not completely surprised. Look, when SGA gets first team All-NBA, when you look at what Ant and look, I've sat here and I've listened to a lot of people think that they think Ant could lead the league in scoring next year because he continues to elevate. So I'm not that surprised. I do like that he didn't say oh Dame is hard oh Steph is hard we know that who is the next generation that people don't fully understand how complicated their games are I think SGA and and um and Ant are on top of that list so look there are a couple of names for hardest to D up against in the league now but Perk we don't have a we don't have a time for the big list and all this who gave you the business because we know the list is long but if you had to boil it down who was the toughest single yes it is who is the toughest single matchup for you I would have to go with Yao Ming, seven six, mm. right? Could could H-Town. could bring you, could face you up, jab you. You had to respect his jumper, put the ball on the floor, half footwork. Yao Ming was a problem, 
And, and it was like, look, he was physical and he had the finesse package. And again, he was 7'6". His legs were like tree trunks. Ooh. He would try to rim run you and seal you. Like, y'all mean in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Uh. You know no. what I'm saying? No, I'm with you. Yeah, and I had to guard him one deep. It wasn't no digging, no helping. It was perk, you got him straight up. Yeah, they put you on an island. This, I, the 10-year-old girl in me is so happy because that's the Rockets team I grew up on. Team Mac, Steve, Francis, all that type of stuff. So I like your answer, Perk. My answer is Tamika Catchings. I think the second game I had when I played in the WNBA, Catch was something different. I mean, she's strong like a post. She had a face-up game. She had a handle. Look at the spin moves. And I'll never forget, I hit my sister because we're on separate teams at the time. I was like, NECA, please help me with the scouting report. How am I going to guard Catch? Because I was starting the matchup on her. And she's like, just be, be aware of her right hand, her dribble. And so I remember in that game, she crossed me up. Y'all, I touched Earth. Are you touch her? She shot Why the ball, and I remember done? watching. <laughs> I remember watching the ball go up, and I was like praying she missed, and she missed. I was like, thank you, Lord, catch. But after the game, she's like, welcome to the league. I'm really proud of you and everything that you're doing. I was like, sis, you got me. But ever since then, you play against those types of players that force you to level up, and I'm so grateful for everything she did in the game. But that game, it lives with me. It lives with me. Nah, so this is this is a tough question when they were when we were going through this question. It's like, look, they were like, well, what about Kobe? And it's like, look. Kobe was going to do what Kobe does. He was going to shoot the ball, and it was just you had to make it tough. If he made them all, he was going to get you 81. If he missed a couple, he was going to get you 25. So that, to me, wasn't the hardest person to guard. It was still LeBron James, like mainly because of this. It was he was bigger. He was more physical. Uh, we played against him when he was young on his first finals. It was me. It was Vince. It was Jay Kidd. We were veterans, two all-stars, two all-NBA guys, Jay Kidd, two Hall of Famers and the young 22-year-old LeBron shut us down, <laughs> went on to shut down the Pistons. Now, look, he ended up losing. He ended up losing to uh, San Antonio that year in the NBA Finals. But at 22 years old, 23 years old, I was like, man, I, I, I don't know what we are going to do with this man. And so I, I'm they're glad. They're still trying to answer I, that I, They're still trying to answer it just because it's more of his passing, his IQ. He would beat you with a, with a triple-double. He'd beat you in the post. So that one, for me, was probably the most hard uh, and most difficult person to match up. But I got another, I got one last question to Pert. Is there anybody out there that would say you were the hardest person for them to guard? Yeah, all the Texas. <laughs> all the Texas. That's why I broke all the Shaq records. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, yeah. Look, all flex on them. Hey, look, I threw, you, you, I, I, I threw you a lot for a reason, Big I threw you a lot for a reason. But anyway, coming up. On oh, see, that's good. Y'all work together. Yeah, we work together sometimes. But look, Ramona has the latest on Daryl Morey's plan for the 76er future and how much of it depends on what happens with James Harden this summer. And we celebrate the legend's birthday, Stuart Scott, with what could arguably be the greatest this highlight in the history of the ESPN broadcasting squad. Do not miss the call of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. Plus, we check in on everyone going everywhere this summer. Look, they're making a lot of money. They might as well spend it. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. My life is a movie. From Yaoundé, Cameroon, and the University of Kansas, Joel Embiid. You better start trusting the process. I always say that everything just happens so fast. Is this the tag of series? I don't want to hear about no process no more. Philadelphia, for the fourth time in the last five years, goes out in the Eastern Conference semis. I've been through a lot. But you just got to prove that you belong on this stage. Going into this year, I've gone up to another level. Process but the only way I get respect is if I win a championship. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Richard Jefferson, along with Cheney and Ramona, and now our guy Tim Bond. Tim's joins us, and yes, Perk is still here, but... Yesterday, Daryl Morey proclaimed that he will not move James Harden for any deal that would not bring back, quote, a top running mate for Joel Embiid this season and insisted that his plan is for the Sixers to be contenders this season without mortgaging their chances for the following one. So basically, the Sixers, the Sixers have two guys owed guaranteed money in the fall of 2024, Joel Embiid and P.J. Tucker. So what could Morey spend all of that extra sweet salary on? Well, look. Next year's free agent class could be loaded with options. There's four L.A. stars. You got LeBron, A.D., Kawhi, Paul George. They all have player options. You got Pascal Siakam and O.G. Ananobi. They are two cornerstones in Toronto. They may be available. And there's plenty more all-star vets whose names will come up. So, <laughs> Ramona, I'm going to ask you how Daryl Morey is selling a just wait and see to Joel Embiid. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> I've heard this whole, we got two max free agent spots available. Like, you've heard a lot of teams say that. Most of the guys on the list won't get to free agency because they'll sign extensions this summer or before they even get close to free agency. But in this new NBA with the new CBA that is about to kick in next offseason, there will be a lot of teams and a lot of players that will be available via trade into cap space that you would never even dream of. But this is about, we've already seen some trades where you go, huh, he got, he went for what? What did they give up? You're going to see a lot of players that might become available. And so the, the risk that the Sixers are taking here is that they can find a, a great player to play alongside Joel Embiid. If it's not going to be long-term James Harden, or if it's not going to be long-term Tyrese Mack. Tyrese Mack, they, they fully want him to be on the team for a long time, but they haven't done his extension yet because they're trying to preserve that cap space. And so, as we go forward in this new NBA, we're going to say this all the time, cap space might be the most valuable thing that a team can possess, and the Sixers are holding on to that. 
But what that meant this offseason, though, was that they weren't doing deals beyond one year. That's why you see Patrick Beverly come there on a one-year minimum. That's why you see Montrez Harrell resign there on one year. But it's it's because of they're hoarding this cap space for next year that they are they're a little thin for this year. Now, I want to get to you. Yes, yeah, I'm talking to you. To talk. And no, no, but that's that's why. Because I want to know what your thoughts are as a player currently. If you are an MVP and they're saying, hey, look, this season, let's just hold on. Because we know Embiid's been injured. We know how things can go very, very quickly, can go south. We're not even talking about James Harden yet. We're talking about mainly how is he going to handle that? How would you handle that as a player? Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. That's difficult. That's a tough pill to swallow, especially if you're Joel Embiid. I'm someone that currently <laughs> dealing with injuries and knowing what it's like to want to be out there and want to be productive, but also knowing that your time is limited and you want to make the most of your time. And I think this whole wait and see is going to be very difficult to process, especially if that means that we may lose some games. Meaning, for the last five seasons, the Sixers have had at least 49 wins. Typically, they get over 50 wins a season. And so, yeah, maybe James is feeling some type of way or however the situation comes. What does that mean in wins and losses? And what does that mean? I mean, he feels good, Joel, because he got MVP. That's something he was working for. But he's also someone that wants to win right now. He'll be 30 next March. Exactly, and he wants to capitalize on these next few years because if you know you've dealt with Knicks and Knacks, you want to make the most of every season. This is something I'm like feel to my soul personally, and so I think it's a harder sell than you think, especially knowing the best days could come if it's in two years. No, all he cares about is the right now. That's why he fought so hard to be MVP in the right now because he knows opportunities like that don't come back so often. I've talked to Joel Embiid a lot the last couple years about his legacy and what he wants to do as a player, and the things he wants to do are win MVPs and win championships because those are the things that define all-time great players and he wants to be an all-time great player obviously as today said he got that MVP but two years ago he had to wait most of the season to see what was going to happen with Ben Simmons obviously that eventually became James Harden but that was sort of a wait and see year in total right and now you're going into a second year in three where the Sixers are essentially saying we have a chance to be a really competitive team but we're going to wait and see what we can do a year from now to me as an incredibly high risk high reward strategy maybe it will work out and they'll be able to get guys next summer but if they don't I think we could very well be looking at a situation like the one Damian Lillard is in where he looks around and goes, what am I doing on this team that is not where I want it to be from a competitive standpoint, and I need to look around and survey my options as I get to my age 30 season, and I want to go win championships. That is going to be the conversation we're having all season long. That's why we've talked about the last three days on the show, and it's not going to go away until we are confident, and Joel Embiid is confident, the Sixers have a, a team that can compete for championships for the foreseeable future, and that is not the case today. Okay, Perk, I want to ask you a question. So a couple of days ago, Joel Embiid said, hey, look, I want to win championships, whether it's in Philly or other places. Are you going to take him winning a championship in Philly or the field? That is my question for you. I'm going with the field. He, I mean, he haven't even got to the conference finals right now with the Philadelphia 76ers, let alone winning the championship. But I'm taking the field. Can you imagine Joel Embiid with a – Jalen Bronson and maybe a R.J. Barrett. I mean, he just need another superstar on the side of him that's going to be reliable from time to time. And we keep talking about, you know, where guys may end up and things to that nature again. Joel Embiid just wants to win. He got his MVP. He wants to get a championship. I'm going with the field. There's too many other teams out there with too many bona fide stars and superstars that he could go pal with and get his uh, championships. 
All right, I see. Janae, are you taking Philly or the field? Oh, I'm taking the field. And it's funny because, Ooh, Herb, you, you talked about the Knicks. Why do you say you know I am? Because it's safer, right? Well, you talk about the Knicks. Don't we always talk about how he always goes off in the garden? He loves to play there, and um, he just really shows up. I would start looking at where he goes off because he's sort of trying to send a, send a message. But also, he's a professional. When he plays for Philly, he is obviously one of the greatest players that we've seen in the NBA. And I think at the end of the day, Tim is right. You know, you don't want a situation where it comes to we've meet, met the end of the road because I don't align with where this organization is going. The Damian Lillard situation is real. We had rumblings for a couple of years, and then finally you hit that break. And I think with Joel, there have been ideas that, hey, is this going to work out? Are you aligning with where he is? If that's the case, then I would not be surprised if the field puts up some really good offers and he feels like that's the place for him to be. Look, we had the graphic yesterday of the amount of top five picks that have won championships with their team. It's not a very long list, and it's LeBron, Kyrie, Tristan, Tim yeah. Duncan, a lot of guys that started in one place some left and came back, but the list is not very long. Very quickly, field or Philly? I'm taking the field because the chances are they're not going to be able to get the kind there of we go. Joel Embiid that he needs. I'm going to be the only person who says Philly because I think the one thing we've learned from the Damian Lillard situation is – he waited too long. I think the whole – Dame waited too long. It should have been done a year or two ago. It's hard to move him now. And I think Joel is the type of player who's always said, I want to be in Philly my whole career. I'd love to play my whole career with the Sixers. He means a lot to them. They mean a lot to him. And, and I know you bring up the Knicks perk, and that's a good point and all that. But they're in the same division. Okay, like the trades like that are really hard that to pull is true. off. Like, I just want to say that we are still batting a thousand percent for every player that gets drafted by a team and says that they want to end their career with that team. <laughs> that is a common and statement. I just watch Jokic win a championship. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand, and I also watch Dame Lillard want to get trapped, okay. want, want to get traded out. But coming up on NBA Today, it's time <laughs> to make some bucks. Perk has some thoughts on whether they should be the favorite in the East. NBA Today will be right back. I think they should be the favorites. I'm not. I'm not anti-Bucks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for letting Sports Center flow. Alongside Rich Eisen, I'm Stuart Scott. Top five. You got to see it to believe it. Them kids was off the easy. Swoops, that is. As cool as the other side of the pillow. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. Look, July 19th, that is the birthday of Stuart Scott. His influence on the sports landscape cannot be understated. His contributions across ESPN and beyond were cut short when he lost his battle with cancer in 2015. In remembrance of Stuart Scott, let's run back one of his greatest highlight reads of all time when Kobe Bryant dropped 81 on the Raptors. Hello and welcome to Sports Center with Stuart Scott. I'm Steve Levy. NFL Championship Sunday highlights will have to wait. We begin with the NBA and not the game in which a team, Stuart, scored 149 points and lost. So not that NBA game? Not that NBA. And we're not leading with NFL Championship Sunday? No. I guess because it's an NBA game where a guy does something that has not been done in 44 years. You got to see it to believe it. Lakers and the Toronto Raptors. Now, last time they met, Kobe Bryant had a seasonal 11 points. Second quarter, Chris Mann backdoor to Kobe, who just yokes it. Now, Kobe leads the league, scoring 34.8 points per game. Lakers, though, down 14 at recess. Second half, Kobe Bryant went off. Uh, command center, this is Kangaroo Boxer requesting permission to fire. Kangaroo Boxer permission granted. 7 of 13 from three land. Late third quarter, Kobe. Half up, another three. This is about to get silly. It's his 13th 40-point game this year. Third quarter, some bunnies with a Baduka dunk. His fifth 50-point game this season. Time winding down the third. Lamar Odom wide open. Kobe, who rocks the rim. Lakers up four. Now fourth quarter. This is just straight silliness. Kobe Bryant, first player since Jordan in 87. Two 60-point games in one season. But earlier this season, he had like 62 and then sat the fourth quarter. On the line with 62, there's Kobe's new career high, 63. Later in the quarter, you know, Lakers owner Jerry Buss said, quote, you're watching and it's like a miracle unfolding in front of your eyes and you can't accept that somehow the brain doesn't work. Kobe Bryant, cut it out at 70. Yeah, 70, and later in the quarter, Kobe Bryant, yep, yep, 72 points, new Laker record passing Elgin Baylor, but he's not done, he's just, he's a, come on, Kobe has 74, Kobe would say later, quote, to sit here and say that I grasp what happened tonight, I'd be lying, Kobe Bryant, 79 points most in a game in NBA history, only second most. Wilt had that 100. There's the free throw that gives him 80, and then the free throw that gives him 81 points. 81. He took 46 shots, and dude even had time to hand out two assists. I, I, I don't believe the box score that I'm reading to you. 7 of 13 from downtown, 18 of 20 from the foul line. Now get this. The NBA's all-time leading scorer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his career high was 55 points. Kobe did 55 points in the second half alone. Kobe Bryant, explain yourself, young man. It hasn't really sank in yet, man. It's just um, we had four days off coming up here, and I've been sick as a dog if we lost this game. Um, so I just wanted to step up and uh, inspire us to play a better game, and, and you know, it turned into something pretty special. For me, it's 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 about the W, and uh, you know that's why I, I turned it on uh, because I felt like we were a little lethargic. So I just started going full bore, and it just turned into something special. And um, I wanted to keep riding the wave to try to demoralize our opponents, and you know it just turned into this. Um, but I, 
to sit here and say that I grasp, you know, what happened tonight, you know, I'd be lying, man. I, I really, really hasn't sank in. Yo, here's the list, and this, <laughs> this is forever. This is whatever has been done. There was Wilt Chamberlain, who scored 100 in 1962, and there's Kobe Bryant, who scored 81 points. I don't think we can understate how much Stuart Scott meant to an entire generation of broadcaster, an entire generation of athletes. He would come on and you would rush home and watch SportsCenter. You would watch ESPN News because it would happen every 30 minutes. Stuart Scott was one of those guys that we were excited to meet, we were excited to talk to, and when you heard him say your name, it meant that you had made it. So, to Stuart Scott, happy birthday, my brother. Now, we've got the WNBA action this Saturday on ESPN. The Sun in Atlanta taking on the dream. Then, Asia Wilson and the 19-2 and two Aces square off against the Lynx. Coverage tips with WNBA Countdown. Still to come on NBA Today, who could be the next season sleeper team in the East? We bet some win totals after the break. NBA Today, right back after this. know who made that Aaliyah highlight package. Aaliyah, hey, Miss great Jackson. job. You got me hyped. You had me thinking the Wizards are going to do something. But welcome wow. back to NBA Today. We may not be in <laughs> Vegas anymore, but it's still some time to make some money on the Eastern Conference win totals. As you can see here, the Celtics and Bucks are atop of the entire conference, followed by the 76ers, and all the way at the bottom, the Hornets, Pistons, and Wizards. Wow, did you have to do that, Richard? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So look, back here with our crew, let's make some picks, shall we? <laughs> Starting with you, Chanae. Out of all the teams that we just saw, who do you think goes over their win total? Over their win total, this might be a dark horse, but I like the Pistons. Just because you're going to get Cade back. Cade only played 12 games. He's healthy. That win total goes up. You've got Jay Nivey. You've got a couple rooks. You've got Wiseman. You've got Jay Dern. You've got Thompson and Najee. So I think that if you look at them, they're trending upward if their star pick plays this coming season, which he's likely to do, right? So I like them. And then on the uh, – oh, is it just is it just who's over? Yeah, just an over. Okay, just don't over. don't okay. get ahead. Yeah, you rarely want to answer questions anyway, and now you want to jump ahead. Got <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Tim, we're going to you don't next. Who you got? I liked yours. Who you got? Oh. So Charlotte Hornets last year won 27 games. LaMelo Ball barely played. Miles Bridges didn't play. Obviously, Miles Bridges will be back for most of this season after he starts the suspension. LaMelo Ball, I will expect to be healthy. We've got Steve Clifford as a coach. They're over under a 29 and a half. I thought it was very low. I think they're going to be in the low 30s at least. Got a chance to maybe be higher than that. I like Charlotte as a pretty good over bet. No, I like that too. I think Brandon Miller's looking like an immediate impact player. Maybe not like an all-star or stud, but if he's a guy that can get you 12, 13, 14 points quick, those don't grow on trees. Now, Perk, no one's ever going to listen to you because your, your record is so horrendous but tell me who you got no it's actually no it's actually good it's actually great my record is great i'm going i'm going with the wizards i'm going with the over on the wizards 
I think it's disrespectful to put them at, I think, what, 24 and a half points? I'm going with the over. They're going to they have more wins than that. I believe Jordan Poole is going to be on the mission. Kyle Kuzma just got his bag. He got something to prove to show why he deserved that bag. And I'm also looking at Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones, who came from Memphis, he is a valuable pickup. So when I look at this Wizards team, I'm like, hold on now. They could possibly sneak, sneak into the play-in tournament if you're not careful. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, oh, play-in yeah, no, tournament. I, no, I, I get you. I, I think the Pacers, for me, they, they were one of the ones. I, I, I like adding Bruce Brown. I like, you know, what Halliburton does. They got big depth. They got mm-hmm. wing depth. So I kind of like them. I want to get – I think that they're going to get to – I think they're going to go with the over. They're over 36 and a half. Now, let's see. We're going to go with the under. So I want to start with you, Perk, as the number one hater on this program, as one of the top haters in all of sports broadcasting television. Tell me who you have going under their total win total. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. There's too much drama going on right now, RJ, mm-hmm. Tim, and Sinead. Too much drama. And I just don't see them getting over 50 wins this season. That's not happening. That's not happening. I think too many guys are being trade talks, you know, all the way up to the trade deadline, and it's going to be hard for this team to focus. I believe James Harden is going to come into the training camp this grundle, so I got the Philadelphia 76ers going under. I agree. I agree with I Big Bird. Cosign, retweet. You know, the last few years have been <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals or bust for this team. Like they got to at least be there, and they've fallen short of that. And it seems like they've moved the goalposts backwards. And to me, that means that they're going to be under most Ooh, likely. Ooh, we got two people. I think the Sixers are a really interesting bet for all the reasons both Janae and Perk said. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Cavaliers, though. Last year, they won 51 games. They had their whole roster healthy for the entire season. We potentially have Damian Lillard coming to the heat. The Sixers still should be a pretty good team. Knicks have improved with Dante DiVincenzo. Bucks and the Celtics are both going to be really good. And if the Cavs have any kind of injuries at all, I don't think they're going to win 40 games or anything. But if they win, say, 45-47, they're going to be a little lower than last year. That's still under the 50-and-a-half total. I didn't feel great about picking any of these under, so I ended Same. up on – Tim, what are you talking Same. about? Same. You're talking about my Cavs and under? Did you not see how much money they just paid for Strews? They just got a Monty Bates. They just won Summer League, and you're going to take the under on my Cavs. Cavs fans, I, I will not I let him disrespect you guys. I don't care if he disrespects me. <laughs> but, no, no, no. I, I Look, I think the Cavs, they're, they're over. I'm not going to pick any under. Because I am the most optimistic person at Just all times. Goodbye. I am the most optimistic, fun guy. I think everyone is going to overachieve on throw everything they're going to do. I don't, nothing. All right, we're going to bump the break right now. X Games, California, baby. Finals weekend begins Friday night at 9 Eastern on ESPN. The world's best action sports athletes will be competing in men's skateboard vert, BMX street, and Moto X best trick. Yeah, I bet you didn't think I'd get that out, but. It's vacation time for some of the biggest stars in the league. We check in on how they're spending their summers. Plus, speaking of fun in the sun, Chanae, it's my favorite time of the day. We're back in 60 seconds. It used to be mine, but it's okay. You stole it. Oh, well, that's why I steal all. NBA Today is brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 
Some news from earlier today. The league announced that the Brooklyn Nets and Cleveland Cavaliers will play in Paris on January 11th. Oh. The third regular season game held at a core arena. In January, the Chicago Bulls beat the Detroit Pistons in Paris, which, reminder, is the host of the 2024 Olympics. Man, twist my arm. I got to figure, figure out a way to get there. <laughs> got to figure Jeez. it out. So, the Summer League champs are going on an international business trip, but for now, let's do a little NBA summer vacation. Starting with LeBron James, who last night was in Puerto Rico, taking in the BSN Finals game. Shabazz Napier and Tremont Waters. Just a couple of names you might recognize that were in action. Um, you know, just I don't know up anybody. In Puerto Rico. Hey, look, look. Yeah. He's just a man of the people. Man of the people. Oh, oh wow. that's amazing. Uh, Clay Thompson okay, looks listen. to be enjoying the vacation in a different way, diving off some rocks in Greece. Ramona. He's into spear fishing, holding his breath for five minutes. Like this is, Clay Thompson does Clay Thompson things. Clay Thompson just enjoys his life. Yeah. He's got a good life. And you know what? As you should, as you should. I love it for you, Clay. Love it. All right. From one extreme sport to another. That yes, that is Dame Lillard out there ziplining. That really ziplining? Yeah, yeah, that's ziplining. That is yes. Kind of, kind of. Zip no, no, so you're only seeing the end. You're not seeing the far distance. Yeah. Look. Can we just have him zip line somewhere else in a trade? Be done. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> we should have one starting point and another. Now, That's Perk. How I would zip hey, line, Perk, like, have you ever zip line, big guy? <laughs> hey, Perk, you ever zip line? Don't do no, that. Uh, you, ever, you, no. ne you never zip line? No, <laughs> Leave him alone. Uh, okay. All right, and finally, <laughs> yesterday was Bam out of Bio's birthday, and he celebrated with a cake that has a 25. And what's blurred out here? Let's just say there's a finger, and you can get guess which one. Um, you can guess which one. So we're not going to get it. That's his cake. That's a beautiful cake. And so now our question is this. Now that Bam is 26, who is the best big man in the NBA 25 and under? I'm starting with you, Perk. Jared Jackson Jr. Yeah. Jared Jackson Jr. What he did last season, winning defensive player of the year, went back and worked on his game, got a back to the basket game now, embraced playing the center position, elite rim protector, can shoot the three, got handles. I mean, I don't know, you know, is he if he keep getting better, we're looking at a not only an all-star for the next few years, but an all-NBA player in the next couple of years. Okay, so you have the right answer, okay? Because it's definitely Jared Jackson Jr. But I'm going to give you the interesting answer. I think Chet Holmgren is really interesting, you guys. We didn't see him last year. I got to watch him a little bit in a summer run before he got hurt. This summer at Summer League, he is he is a very interesting young man. And I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to really turn some heads this year with him. I'm going to say this. Look, I like the Chet Holmgren pick, but I can't pick someone that hasn't played a basketball game. I know. But I think people are going to – he was the number two pick. Yes, Simon was picked the best big man. Thank Not you. The most God, it's so good to have you here. First, okay? So good to have you here, Tim. And it's not me, finally. All right, who's the best big man, Tim? I mean, listen, on this list, it has to be Jaron Jackson Jr., as, as Perk said. I mean, yeah. the guy won Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's straight – he's got – three-point shooting ability. He's proven improved as a scorer. To me, the most interesting thing about this list, though, with the last three years, we've seen the two dominant players in the league be uh, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic in terms of winning MVP, right? You look at this list of guys under 25, you don't see necessarily a guy that's going to be that kind of a player down the road. Obviously, Victor Wembanyama coming in the league sometime in the future, we expect him to be in the debate for MVPs. The rest of this list, I'm not sure any of these guys you're looking at 
in that kind of a realm. Some defensive player of the year candidates, Evan Mobley, Walker Kessler. See, I'm going to disagree. I think if Evan Mobley, he's only 22 yep. years old, yep. I think, again, we're talking about future MVPs. Now, we saw Embiid at 22. We saw Jokic at 22. We might not have been saying these guys were MVPs. So now you think about, and I do agree, Chet Holmgren is one of those guys that I think if he is – even half of what we think he could be, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be a yeah, problem. Yeah, they're making the playoffs. They're in the yeah, they're going to be a problem. Oh, okay, there's always question, but I like those. There's always a question. Okay, that is true. We can't say no question in the West. But if yeah. he plays to his potential, you've got SGA. I mean, that's not a bad looking team. And right I think, to, all right, I think to your point, real quick, RJ, Evan Mobley to me is the swing guy for the Cavs this year. For them to take a real step forward and be able to convince Donovan Mitchell to stay, they need Evan Mobley to become an All Star this year. Donovan Mitchell has a big task in front of him. He's got to make people around him better. But I'm going to ask you, Momo, if you can't take Jaron Jackson Jr., which one of those bigs do you take? Chet, Mobley, uh, who do you take? Victor? Oh, I mean Victor. Okay, I'm joking. I'm like, how hard is it to say that? I'm going to take the generational talent. <laughs> okay, well, the reason why we ended with Ramona is that it is Ramona's birthday. That's she right. just turned 29. That's it. And we oh, just want to say that's thank that's you that's for joining us. Momo, you are one of the most beloved thank people in all of this birthday, industry. We love you. We would never forget, on the download. We would forget Perk's birthday, but not Ramona. <laughs> Anything that you would like to say for your last, you get to sign us off, Ramona. Oh, I get to sign us off? Yep. Have a have a wonderful day. Enjoy the triple-digit temperatures. It's summertime. <laughs> I'm going to go outside, have some ice cream. Everything's better with ice cream. Happy birthday.